everybody's a little bit different. And we're hoping that this gives somebody the opportunity to respond to us the way they choose to respond to us. And it will make them more comfortable, therefore, to respond to us quicker. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Strategy and the Virtual Controller. My name is Damien Greathead, and despite what, if you're watching us on our YouTube channel, I'm not sitting in San Francisco. I'm actually sitting in sunny Sydney today, and it is a beautiful day outside. And my co-host, Penny Breslin, you've got a guest over your shoulder. Where are you today? And actually, more importantly, where's that background come from? And that was my deck. <laughs> <laughs> One day I woke up in my, in my house up in Hogadon in Wyoming. Um, Casper Mountain. And it was just kind of sitting there hanging out, just doing its looks, thing. So, I mean, looks like a nice place to sit and hang out. So don't was, blame it. I always liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. So Penny, we are after the tax season. How did April 18 go for you and the team or the deadline go for you and the team? Uh, well, we kind of were done like US April 17th. For them, it was April mm-hmm. With Everybody except the California, <laughs> they're still sending tax returns. But yeah, I mean, they're ready for a break. I'm ready for a break. We were going to record last week. I didn't because I was going to take 420 and go away for four days. That never happened because nothing would shut off. It's amazing how fast people went right back into it. Plus the fact that we don't have a standard slow time because... Mm-hmm. We've got so many people doing real-time, live, constant accounting and bookkeeping and not just tax. We actually have more of that than we do tax. Just interestingly, though, you said sort of the Californian clients are still coming in. Is that normal or is, did something happen in California which sort of caused a delay? Or Yeah, a, a, in California just... because of the floods, the fires. Ah, the right. We became a special event in that you do not have to file on a date you everybody is automatically extended in certain areas to October. Got it. You don't even have to file an extension. Right. And do you think that firms are sort of got this idea of, you know what, April 15 has been and gone, but actually we're so close to getting stuff through. Let's just keep it going through, even if it is on extension. Let's not wait. Let's get it done. Yeah, that's what's happening. Um well I would I kind of thought that they would, you know, slow it down. And yeah. we were just talking last night and, they, and yeah, <laughs> they were getting, still getting a steady, steady California group of tax returns. So. Yeah. And you also sent a note out to clients as well about the team. They're off for a retreat in May. So is that a bit of R&R? Is that a bit of sort of post-mortem from tax season, a bit of all of the above? Yeah. The ladies every, got planned? Every, every year we've given them, you know, they've taken a Saturday and we've taken them on trips, usually out to the hill stations outside of the city. And one of the things they asked for this year was an overnight trip. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, that was going to be, okay, how many of the women are going to be able to go? Because they're going to have to ask permission to travel. I was going to say, that's, I don't know culturally, but that's quite a big deal to be away from families overnight and kids and husbands and parents. Well, kids are coming. The kids always come. Oh, right. Okay. They were paying to bring the kids. 
Yeah. And it's, what about the husbands? Who's going to look after the husband? Well, well <laughs> in most cases, they have their mothers still also. But, but we don't have that many married, you know. Right. Uh, but we have quite a few. And so that's what took so long and kind of delayed their taking off till May because we had to coordinate with a couple of the husbands who were coming as chaperones because the train ride, I've been on trains in India. It's no big deal. It's, it's actually kind of fun, especially if you're in the woman's car, because it's just like it's kids and women and saris floating around everywhere, all these colors and doors open and wind blowing through and it's great. But the buses are a little bit more problematic. So it's 600 kilometers and they have to take a long train ride into Mysore from Chennai, which is in Tamil Nadu, over to Mysore, which is in Karnataka, which is beautiful, by the way, if you've ever been to Mysore. I've been there several times. It's just gorgeous. I love it. And then they're going to go from there, they get a bus and the buses are a little bit more problematic, but they'll get a bus and they'll take it up into the hill station called Korg. So uh, C-O-O-G-R-G. So yeah, and then they'll spend, they'll get there Friday night. They'll leave early Friday morning, get there Friday evening, have a campfire. They have barracks all set up and they're going to spend two days just conversing with the nature. Ah, brilliant. <laughs> And hanging out with kids and two of the husbands as chaperones. Yeah, nice. Well, hopefully listeners are also thinking about their post-tax season rest and recovery. And, you know, it is, to, to excuse the phrase, it is an incredibly taxing time from emotionally, mentally, physically. And so I hope practitioners do take some time to recharge and to chill out before you sort of get back to the grindstone. And no doubt you probably... Well, I hope starting to build a mental list, if not a physical list, and just on whether it's on your note application on your smartphone or somewhere where you're sort of thinking about what would we do differently next tax season? And and today's episode, we're not necessarily going to dig into that because I think that's what we've spent the last 52 episodes talking about is ways to improve process, workflow, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought today, let's go a sort of a slight, go a bit of a left turn in terms of topics. And we we often talk technology and apps, et cetera, et cetera. We talk about machine learning and artificial intelligence. And I don't know, I thought today's episode might be interesting if we sort of dig a little deeper into what both Penny and I are seeing from an artificial intelligence perspective, because I remember Penny, when we would get together, probably sort of 2018, 2017, and there was a lot of talk about artificial intelligence, but what we both re- what we both knew was it's, what we were talking about there was really just machine learning. So the machines just sort of looking at the data and learning how to code things, learning to look for patterns, learning to see what we're doing with the data. So it really was machine learning. But actually, you look at OpenAI and ChatGPT, et cetera, and it's, we are moving very rapidly on that artificial intelligence front. And I'm sure tax Twitter was the light and various communities, et cetera, talking about open AI and, and that demonstration of, I think it was chat GPT four or whatever it was, the fourth. Well, it iteration. was, I think, I think when we were talking before it was 3.5, it's now 4.0. So it's that's fast. But, but, but the last thing they did was do my taxes. The whole the whole Twitter sphere and, and sort of LinkedIn groups and all that sort of stuff were alight with conversations about, can this actually happen? So anyway, Penny. Yeah, um, and it has. And, and it has, yeah. But I think that the key thing, it has the simplest of tax returns, the simplest of bookkeeping, the simplest of clients 
is probably that first frontier for today's version. Mm, you know, oh, I might beg to differ with a little bit of that. Go no, go I'm for not, it. Then. I'm a, by far not the expert. And also, Penny's got a standing desk as well. So if anyone is watching, so <laughs> a new standing desk. So you see, she... I know. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Anyways, it can do a tax return. And the reason being is it's very compliance driven and it's very, you know, plug it in where you want, you you know, you might need, you might have to have some understanding of the tax law to see how to do the return better for your benefit. And definitely that's where your tax advisor comes in. So, and when you said easy bookkeeping, actually the smaller bookkeeping clients can often be complicated because they internally do not have a process and a procedure. They are running by the seat of their pants. They don't have all the technology in place. And so their accounting can be a little convoluted with lots of questions. Well, one of the things we're testing is a couple of two apps in particular that have using, they're using AI integrations at the level of, one of the problems I see with tech stacks and is that the accountants are over here, the clients are over here, and sometimes trying to get them to communicate better is the problem. So uh, we're testing with some AI apps that are communicating for you so that you don't leave and the client doesn't have to come in. So that element that where you have to stop the client, like Lysio kind of really started this with their texting, but you had to stop the client being in what they work in every day and then take them out of that and introduce them to an app that they now expect you to manage technologically and support wise. And then you have to take your team who's over here in a GL and have them go over to this app. And the app kind of was like by itself, even though data was flowing back and forth, but people had to access it separately. And in these two cases, you're not leaving anything. You're in the tool and the little app is inside the tool. And the answer comes from the client, depending on how the client wants it, either through email or text. And it goes back into that tool, which is sitting right in your GL. Okay. Love that. So so (laughs) So that's AI that I like. So if I can play that back to you. And first, what I meant by simplest clients, I meant sort of, not simplest from a transaction type and transactional oh, yeah. activity and when they are those regular routine transactions. So, but if I could play back what you just said there, Penny. So a lot of time in the bookkeeping process is lost to questions back and forth. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that's and waiting, and, and that's waiting, waiting. And waiting. Yeah. And typically we're waiting because the client's busy running their business. They then have to come into a whole new system that they're not particularly familiar with get to find the questions, provide the answers, and then the accounting firm gets notified to log back in there, have a look, and then continue with the work. Whereas the transaction is still unknown, but the AI here is actually just facilitating the conversation. So we still don't know what the transaction is, but the AI sends a text message via WhatsApp maybe to the client to say, yeah. Hey, client, here's a transaction from, I was going to say Bunnings Warehouse, but you don't know what Bunnings Warehouse is from Office Depot. Yeah. What's it for? What's it for? And maybe a shot of it, maybe an image of it. And what's it for? Yeah. The clients, they're used to text. They're used to WhatsApp. They're like, oh, 
that was for office supplies for the San Diego location. And that happens all in WhatsApp, in a secure environment in WhatsApp. And then that information flows back into the accounting software for the accounting team, whether or not the they AI- They review then, it at that point. Yeah. They review it like they would any other transaction. I do think that's probably going to be the last element. This Slatterly just said that on a meeting today and I go, yeah, that's right. But she, you know, and everybody else agrees that final review of allocation, going back to what that CPA told me many years ago, Penny, accounting's all about allocation, allocation. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, you still have to do that final review, but you don't, you've cut down the time and the clicks. Well, and things just happen in synchronicity because it's people in their native apps, so to speak, because they're texting, they're answering that you don't have to spend a lot of time. I mean, we've spent a lot of time on talking about onboarding of clients and having that Beth that's there to help them understand the tools and troubleshoot the tools and all that type of stuff. And hopefully simplifies that whole, continues to simplify that process, doesn't eliminate it completely, but actually and I'm not sure how true this stat is as with a lot of stats, but somewhere as much between 30 and 40% of email traffic is in an accounting firm is, is that, and bookkeeping firm is, is that exact, Hey Penny, what's this for? What was this for? What's that? What's this? And then an enormous amount of time is lost to waiting for that because we've still got to hit that close deadline. We've still got to run those reports for the management team, for the board, et cetera, et cetera. But now leveraging AI in this instance, what it means is that we still don't know the news about, we still don't know about these transactions. We don't know, but then the process immediately starts into more familiar forms of communication back and forth with the client to speed that process up. Yeah. I mean, it's the time value of the money, you know, I mean, yep. it's, it's the relationship that you're building with the client. I mean, it keeps the relationship going I mean, I've got a couple of direct clients and like I said, they're always my guinea pigs. And, you know, it's like, I remember this when we started in 2020 and when they came to us, they were already deep into spending money without tracking the expenses against a job. And he didn't know, first of all, he just needed to know, am I making a profit? You know, Mm. then it was, how am I making a profit per project? And, you know, we were always asking, well, we've got this historical information. We've got it like attach it to a project. Can you tell us where you spent the money and what for which project? And, you know, after a while he goes, God, how many times are they going to ask me? I said, for as many transactions and that you put through without giving us the full debt. Without giving us the information. You know, I mean, and <laughs> because it and depends. Yeah. And, I'll, <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, you have to recognize the fact. And I would go and go, God, you look exhausted. We get on Zoom meetings, you look exhausted. And he goes, I haven't slept. You know, he's running this business, business pulling a couple million dollars a year. And he doesn't even know if he's making a profit. He doesn't have time to give us the answers, you know? And it was just like, so, you know, this is another guy said, I don't want, you know, I don't want it all done, like all at once, just send it to me as they go. And I'll answer them on the fly. So everybody's a little bit different. And we're hoping that this gives somebody the opportunity to respond to us the way they choose to respond to us. And it will make them more comfortable, therefore, they'll respond to us quicker. So Uh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. You know, so we bring them, you know, this opportunity to say, you want this information. So 
the question again is like, why are we doing this? Who's gonna do it? Including a human or an app, me or the client. And then when are they gonna do it? And then what's the outcome? Yeah. And line all that out and go, okay, what do you want? Why do you want it? The why about wanting it is important. And then if the client chooses, well, I want this this way and I want to use it by email, or this one says, I want it this way and in this time frame, and I want it through my WhatsApp, they said, okay, cool, that's what we'll do. Because it doesn't matter to us which way it goes. Mm. We tell the AI to default to that for that client. And now the client owns it because they decided how they wanted to respond and when they wanted to respond. So they now own that process. And actually, one of those things that if one way, you, you'll very quickly realize that either the business owner or the accounting firm, if, if they've got the wrong person, if it's sort of the business owner, but actually they need to be speaking to the office manager, they'll work out that very quickly because they're not getting a reply from something. But I do like what you said there. It Again, we've talked, we've been talking CAS and this type of stuff for 15 plus years. And it was always, success was always reliant on being, having that a really robust relationship with the client. But ultimately we needed the client to, to do a certain thing. And that was often, despite the amount of coaching and cajoling and dragging and training and whatnot, we were still heavily reliant on the client to answer those questions for maybe 15, 20% of transactions, which weren't the regular recurring or were the Home Depot yeah, and, type and questions. Like 15 or 20% hold up the game. The entire process. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And whereas now it's if AI facilitates a more seamless interaction and a more real-time interaction with the client, again, it's easier for me to answer what was yesterday's Home Depot receipt for versus- than it in is WhatsApp. to get something at the end of a quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And on a spreadsheet and with all this information, I'm like, I have no idea. And I had idea to download it and upload it and yeah. attach it. Yeah, yeah, I know. So think about all the time. So how much time and how many clicks? Yep. And if this AI bot embedded in the GL can do this for me and cut down the time and the clicks, good. Yeah. And the other thing too is if the client doesn't respond, I have a history that we at least attempted. And yep. now you can move on to the next one. Don't tell me you can't get something done because the client didn't. Yeah. You've got another job. Go do that. Yeah. And if the client doesn't ever respond, well, that tells us something about the client. But it's kind of exciting. We've got two different apps approaching it in slightly two different ways. And we have people on a couple of different teams testing each and giving us feedback on what they like. Because, you know, obviously your employees have to like the app too. You know, which one do they find most comfortable to use? Which one do they get the better response on? Which one was it quicker for them to use? What was the training and uptime on yep. figuring out how to use the app? The UI UX is always important. So, yeah, so we're kind of going through that. That's like a May go-to. Plus yeah. doing processes and procedures and a whole new format uh, and a new app. But yeah, that's that to me is the exciting part of AI. Now, AI also can be used for writing marketing and job descriptions like we did before. That chat GPT and hopefully, I don't know about the other ones out there like Bard or something, but they're pretty good at that. But I can see, I can see that you can get more of a relationship with this than you could with some of the other apps that didn't have it. 
Mm. Where the app that, you know, that is kind of standalone and only integrates pieces of itself to the GL and the client has to have that app on their phone, that app on their desktop or whatever. This little tweak, you know, it might be a game changer. But also, I think that that is one of the things. And I think it was actually it was at QuickBooks Connect, you know, I'm going to say, what's his name? Who, the Malcolm. 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 Yeah. Malcolm. No, you said Malcolm. <laughs> I was like, who? Good old Malcolm. But basically he said that these big shifts, they don't happen overnight, but there's these series of small sort of incremental. And just that, as you said, that moving from the platform into WhatsApp, as an example, that could be the thing that tips it over the edge, so to speak, for it to get the momentum that it needs to really have the impact that that it potentially has. It doesn't have to be a big change. Yeah. And sometimes big changes are much more difficult to maneuver. If you ever try to turn a semi compared to dirt, turning my little Honda Fit, a lot different, a lot different. So, you know, give me 40 acres, I'll turn this thing around. But just a little tiny tweak that allows people to keep going themselves within the process and in the apps that they live in day to day while the robots make sure that the data flows into one. It just and, and maybe that is something sort of post-tax season recovery that you actually have a look at some of these new technologies coming to the fore. I mean, we even just said from a marketing job description, writing process, etc. <laughs> have a look at your website, have a look at your email comms, have a look at your role descriptions, have a look at your processes and plug it into something like chat GPT, see what it comes back with and see where it identifies improvements for you. Um, I'm not sure if you saw recently the news from MailChimp, which is an Intuit product now, chat open AI, helping write the emails in the email marketing programs. Oh, God, so yeah. It's, yeah. It and makes then, absolute and then, sense. And then using your automated email responders and then creating templates for clients so that you've got a nice, well-written email and it's directed specifically to that client using, you know, like things like Zapier or... I put some of them in this spreadsheet that we've got here. The power from Microsoft, mm-hmm. or even the templates in Google. And you can get those templates, have chat, write that email, put it in those templates and make them autoresponders to your clients that are directed directly to them. So they don't seem like there's some kind of blast email from everybody, yeah. you know, everybody that they can, you can use the app with the AI. So there's a difference is the app. And then there's the AI that goes inside of the app and utilize them together to make a nice presentation that really is focused and directed to that person and that person's needs. And you might have robots doing it, but you're increasing your ability to be almost one-on-one with your client. And I actually think, you know, presentations... Maybe I'm a little over the top on that one. I don't know. No, 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 no. But I actually think if you do think about presentations, email templates, email newsletters, blog posts, all of these types of things, what I sort of picked up there is, Penny, it's an iterative process. So you can create the standard template for your business clients. You can then go more granular for my electrician clients or for my contractor clients. Or even just for the individual one-on-one client. Or for the female individual one-on-one clients. Or or, or, or for the clients I really like as opposed to the ones I can't stand. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and I just think as well, like have a play with it and open it up, create an account, put your email comms, put your blog articles on the right hand side, put chapter chat GPT on the left side and just see how easily and quickly 80% of the heavy lifting gets done. And if you've got a presentation coming up to a, a small business group or for financing or something, put it into chat GPT, have them create it have it do 80% of the heavy lifting. And then you actually come in and personalize it, customize it, put your special touch on it. So I think that's where smart accountants and where we're trying to work smarter, not harder. This is a great way in which we can just really fine tune a whole bunch of our outbound comms to clients. And outbound comms could be emails, they could be newsletters, they could be blog posts, they could be websites, all the ways in which we interact with our clients in a one-to-one or one-to-many way. ChatGPT could, could become an incredibly powerful tool to help you get organized and do the grunt work, which is often just getting started, particularly if marketing and email comms and that type of stuff, not your strong suit, outsource, well, it, to the, outsource the it to the AI. The next thing will be you voice that email or blog or yeah. whatever it is that goes to the client and it comes to them as an audio. You know, I'm just thinking, you know. It's sort of funny though, because you're saying that and I, I know friends that do voice memos. So rather yeah. than sending me a text message, they send me a voice memo and I'm just like, yeah. I have no desire to listen to you. But again, at the moment now, and I had no idea, no desire for a cell phone, like sort of 20 years ago or a smartphone or whatever. And whereas now it's sort of just part of your day-to-day life. So okay, I, again, here's I, old school. Here's old school. Yeah. Again, it's just sort of interesting to see Scotty where going into a 20th century office and talking to the computer it's a computer. And the guy looks at him and goes, aren't you going to type this in? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I mean just think about it. It's going to be that way. Mm. And again, like I wrote in that opening in the book that you know it was a slow moving bus then it was a train and now it's a bullet and pretty soon it's going to be a goddamn rocket it just is and i think ultimately that will enable accountants and bookkeepers to actually play a far more strategic role in their clients lives and really become that that sort of oracle if you will of helping them understand what all of this means for their business, for their financial situation, et cetera. So again, I think it's one of those ones that those accounting firms that embrace it and leverage it early, they're going to see the opportunity that it opens up for them. So I think- I think a lot um, of solopreneurs in the accounting industry are utilizing it because that's the only way they can leverage their talent to a, a larger group of people is to utilize this. So um, I think that that's where you're going to see a lot of the uptake. But that's usually what you do is see it there. And see then, it at that level, yeah. Yeah, and the bigger firms will t- be a little bit slower because they've, again, they're not turning a little onto fit. They're turning a semi. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Penny, that might be a really good place to leave today's episode. I yeah, know so you, now I can head out and, and, you're, you're make, and make like, some even though it's only 427. For me, today's 420. You'll make okay. up for it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Strategy in the Virtual Controller, we're here to help practitioners, accounting and bookkeeping firm owners build more intentional businesses and help avoid some of the pitfalls, some of the 
mistakes that we've made or that we've seen along the way. So if you've enjoyed today's episode, please do us a favor and provide a, a review and a star rating for us. Connect with us on LinkedIn. And if you have any questions for us that you'd like us to discuss either on the episode or privately about your firm, please don't hesitate to get in touch. But Penny, have a wonderful couple of days out in the mountains and we'll see you soon. Have a good weekend in Australia. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.